Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Stand Up Tragedy Spotlight 12. My name's Dave and I'm your host. The first stand-up tragedy of 2013, the first live stand-up tragedy of 2013 is coming. It's going to be on the 18th of January at the Hackney Attic, which is upstairs at the Hackney Picture House in Hackney. It starts at 7.30 and it ends late and it's going to have some fantastic tragedy for you. Really great stuff. We've got some acts coming back that we've had before and we've got some new people that have never been on the stand-up tragedy stage and we're going to have some great comedy. We're going to have some brilliant music. We're going to have some true storytelling, some fiction, some spoken word. It's all going on and you should come and see it. And we're going to end, as per usual, with a sing-along at the end. So in the weeks leading up to that, spotlights are going to be weekly. First up, we have some science-based comedy from Timandra Harkness. She's going to be one of the people who we're having back on the 18th. So if you like what you hear today, you'll like what you see and hear on the 18th. If you're interested in getting involved with being part of the Stand Up Tragedy team, we'd like to hear from you. You can contact me at upstandingtragedy at gmail.com. We're looking for people who might be interested in doing organisational stuff, stage management stuff, helping us with our sound design and our, our sound production because we're looking to really improve these podcasts to get better sound quality and also to do kind of more innovative things with this platform or if you want to make films if you'd like to film what we do then we also would love to hear from you but if you have something anything at all that you'd like to add into the stand-up tragedy team mix let me know we're going to be doing a series of shows in london and then we're going to be taking the show up to edinburgh so we need people for all of those parts of this journey but anyway that's enough wittering on from me let's hear timandra harkness performing in 2012 on the stand-up tragedy stage at the leicester square theater you can see her and more on the 18th of january 2013 at the hackney attic hopefully see you there Next up, we have some comedy from the writer and performer Timandra Harkness, I think I got that right, who's just finished touring Your Days Are Numbered, The Maps of Death in the UK with Matt Parker. Find out more about her at, here we go again, www.timandraharkness.com. And welcome her to the stage! My news story uh, came out recently saying one in eight deaths caused by alcohol. And having spent far too much time looking at the maths of death, 
I thought well, that's that's very odd, not an easy worrying figure, clearly. Uh, but because it would mean that in a room this size, about seven of you are going to die because of alcohol. Looking at you, I can already make some educated guesses. <laughs> but, but, but having told the show, I can tell you that of the 493,242 people who died in England and Wales for the last year, we have figures for uh, only. 8,796 people, I think, I might have got that slightly wrong, but I'm, I'm within about 10, uh, died due to alcohol. Which, as the mathematicians among you will already have guessed, is one in 56. <laughs> so it's only actually one of you is going to die, thanks to alcohol. <laughs> Again, I'll have some ideas how this going to be. Uh, so, uh, so the first message I'd like you to take from that is that you should be very careful when you see a newspaper report saying research shows, because research often shows things that are at odds with what we observe in life. So, for example, again, earlier this year, uh, research showed that people who ate chocolate every day were less likely to be overweight than people who didn't eat chocolate every day. Or it showed that people who are a bit overweight are less likely to say to a researcher, yes, I eat chocolate every day. Depending on which way you looked at it. Other marvellous research earlier this year showed that uh, scientists found that eating ice cream was equivalent to taking cocaine. <laughs> so, uh, Radcliffe, you could have saved yourself a lot of trouble <laughs> and just held up a Mr. Whippy van. Uh, and this was one of these studies that they like to do where they, they get people and they put them in an fMRI scanner, which is a like, brain scanner, and they, uh, and they see which bits of their brain light up, and then they compare that with the effects of cocaine. <laughs> Begging the question, how much cocaine do they get through in these studies? And how can I join one? <laughs> but again, in the real world, it's very obvious that there are key differences between ice cream and cocaine. Uh, for a start, nobody steals meat to buy ice cream. <laughs> I, I assume not, anyway. Although, actually, some of the kids around our way probably would, but not a whole leg of lamb. Uh, nobody has managed to smuggle 20 kilos of ice cream into the country by swallowing it. <laughs> well, okay, maybe a few people have smuggled it in, but they've struggled to sell it on. <laughs> and only one of the two substances is socially acceptable when you're offering your neighbour's kids a Coke float. <laughs> and it turns out it's not the one the name suggests. Who knew? <laughs> Radcliffe, obviously. Uh, so, so I thought I would share with you some of the uh, some of the knowledge about alcohol that we learnt when researching our show. Um, and the first thing to be aware of is that uh, alcohol is good for you. Alcohol saves lives because uh, alcohol has a very protective effect on your heart and your circulation system. And diseases of the heart and circulation system they they don't kill more, one in fifty six people. Um, they they don't even kill one in eight people. They kill one in three people. If you're here with two friends, it's probably going to get you or one of your two friends. Not for a very long time, that's the good news. <laughs> Three people on the front row going, well, damn, you both look really healthy, it's probably me. But, uh, but not for a long time, that's the good news. It's, it's probably, like most things, it won't kill you for a very long time. Uh, and alcohol will protect you from it. In fact, alcohol has such a protective effect that if you drink you are only three quarters as likely to die of one of these things uh, as if you don't drink at all. Now, frankly, I've got used to touring with a whiteboard, so I would have drawn you a graph. 
But apparently normal comedy clubs don't have whiteboards. So instead, you, the front row, you're going to have to be my human whiteboard. Okay? Uh, so, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take, I'm going to be kind to you, rest of the audience, and the, the vertical axis is going to be at this end, so you can visualise it better. So the vertical axis at this end uh, is what they call all-cause mortality, or your chance of dying of something. So at the bottom, uh, say on the floor, uh, or no, let's say at seat level, that's, that's where nobody dies, okay? Uh, but obviously all of us are going to die of something, so, so nobody is... Nobody's at seat level. Uh, so at this end, we have people who don't drink at all. Inconveniently, it's an empty chair. Um, <laughs> ah, marvellous. Okay, well, that's even better, David. In fact, uh, what I'd like you to do is stand up. Because, as we just said, people who don't drink at all are more likely to die than people who drink a bit. So actually, no, I'm going to take floor level, because I, I like accuracy here. So you're, you're our mark of people who don't drink are this likely to die, okay? People who drink a bit... You two stay where you are because you are about three quarters as likely to die as, uh, as, as people who don't drink at all. So you're about right. You can sit up a bit straighter because men are slightly more likely to die than women. So, <laughs> so, so that was about kind of right. Um, you drink hardly anything. So you're probably all right there. It's, it's a bit unclear when people drink very little, but you, you should probably be on a cushion or something, really, but, but that's fine. Uh, and obviously, then, as you drink more, then your chance of dying does go up. So that's very good. Um, you should probably, uh, probably again, you're probably all right, because if we take the gender thing, you know, you're, again, you're okay. You two, at this end, you'll have to stand on your chairs, I'm afraid, to, to get that the effect of the graph. Very carefully. <laughs> Yeah, take your shoes off. Yeah, good. Yeah, it would be ironic if during this bit somebody died. Obviously. <laughs> but uh, that's that's good. And, and yeah, technically the taller person would be that side. But let's not take undue risk. So as you can see, what we've got here is a graph. It starts off up here with your chance of dying if you don't drink anything at all. It drops dramatically if you drink a bit. So think of this as drinking a bit. That's good. And we can actually quantify this a bit is about 25 grams of alcohol a day for men, slightly less for women, uh, which is about one or two drinks a day, standard drinks. Uh, and then as you drink more and more, your chance of dying goes up into, well, what we could call metrically a gigabit, <laughs> or in imperial measures, a George Best, <laughs> when your chance of dying dramatically goes up. Uh, thank you, you can, you can probably get a round of applause for our wonderful graph. This kind of sharp drop followed by a long tail up is it's the just drink it graph. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the way to bear it in mind. Uh, so that's the first thing to remember about alcohol is it, it does directly save your life. The second thing is that uh, being single, on the other hand, is bad for you. Yeah, it's very bad for you. Being married saves your life. And uh, it's very dramatic, especially for men. Oh, no, I don't bring this stuff up. Honestly, for men, do you smoke? No. no, that's very good. If you smoked, you would raise your chance of dying um, by about 6%. Are you married? No. Well, I'm afraid you have just raised your chance of dying by about 6%. <laughs> so if you wanted to take up smoking, but you then got married, <laughs> you would adjust your chance of dying right back down again. And my interest in this is altruistic, by the way, because for women it's slightly different. If I smoked, my chance of dying would go up by about 6%. Um, but if I got married, uh, then it would only drop by 3%. So if that, it wouldn't be enough for me just to get married. I'd have to 
commit bigamy to get the, the same <laughs> protective effect. And the third thing to remember about alcohol is that, yes, obviously, as well as the medical effects, every year a certain number of people are killed in alcohol-related accidents. But then again, a certain number of people are caused in alcohol-related accidents. So, overpopulation, I like to think that it balances out. Um, and also, it's in the context of good news, because life expectancy is, is going up. So does anyone have, does anyone have children? Yeah. I'm sure yours are planned and wanted. Um, so, but, but the good news is, have you heard about this transit of Venus thing happening very, very early tomorrow morning, about four o'clock tomorrow morning? Yeah, it's it's a they keep saying it's a once in a lifetime experience, apart from the one that happened about four years ago. It's a once in a lifetime experience because the next one won't happen for 105 years. But if you have a child under 10, there is actually a fair chance they will live to be at least 100. Possibly 105, possibly 110. There's about a one in three chance that a child under 10 now will live to be 100. So if you have a child under 10, do them a favour, get them up very early in the morning, take them out to watch the transit of Venus, because there is a chance that in 105 years' time they will still be alive to watch the next one. But really make sure they're going to remember this one. Do something like all dress up in animal masks, <laughs> sacrifice the family cat, <laughs> just so that it's, in, it's embedded strongly in their memories. And 105 years' time, they go, yes, I was only two, but I remember seeing the last transit of Venus. And also ensuring that when they tell people about it, nobody will believe them. <laughs> it's a win-win situation. Okay, I'm going to get off before they ring the bell. And um, welcome back to the stage. David, the man with the national that's good. People very rarely welcome me to the stage. I'm always doing that the other way around. So that's good.